wait, 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 wait. It's not bad or like... Oh, no, your voice sounds great. Like a mix between Kanye and uh, Missy Elliott. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Maybe a little Billy Joel. Kanye, Missy Elliott, Billy Joel. This is the banter we need to record. So yeah, you can call me back. I need to... Oh, crud. I need to... No, it is recording. We're good to go. You want to just roll with it? Um, I mean, I'm fine with that. All right, let's do Oh, uh, one more thing. Yep. Um, I don't know how these headphones work. I think the microphone's in the headphone. So okay. do, I sa- do I sound a lot further away right now than no, I you did sound, before? No, you sound perfect. Oh, good. Okay, I can put the phone down. I've been holding it up to my face, and I was like, I'm going to get so tired of that. Yeah, no, if you want to move it away from your face and just talk, and I can tell you if it changes, but... That's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, you you sound fine. No, just go downhill from there. <laughs> um, Probably I'd... be more like a roller coaster ride. All right, welcome back to the second episode of the Mountain Athlete. I'm AJ Sabrilski, a physical therapist in Bozeman, Montana. Here to share some stories, education, hopefully a little entertainment and good laughs and uh, hopefully a little motivation as we go. Uh, stemming from the first episode where Matt, Mad Dog Madsen and I touched on a bunch of topics but ended on the mentoring aspect of being a mountain athlete or at least a patron or outdoor recreationist um, with the mentoring side of things, I thought, why, why not bring on one of my primary key role, good friend, Adventure connoisseur, Sufferfest extraordinaire, brewmaster, good old fun time. I'll take another one, Nick Irvine from Flagstaff, Arizona. So without any further ado, let's get it rolling and just see where this takes us again. Nick, how you doing? I'm doing way better after that introduction. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, did I even mention that, that your name or anything in there? I can't remember. I just started rolling a bunch of stuff together. Uh, I don't know. I was blushing too hard to, to hear it. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought it would be great. I know you and I have uh, had a lot of good days, bad days, long days, <laughs> rainy days, rough days um, together. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, uh, after that last podcast, I think we kind of ended it on a really cool spot of talking about uh, being a mentor and having a mentor. And when I think of my pursuit or change from a lonely road runner cross-country athlete into the mountain athlete I, I definitely think you're one of those guys that touches a lot of those bases in terms of a mentor for me and getting into rock climbing and some backcountry skiing and and just uh exploring the outdoor stuff so thank you oh man that's awesome yeah and I was actually it's funny that you say that i was uh definitely going to bring up uh my agreement with you and matt's conversation about mentors and mentoring how important it was but i i guess you you just bring it up first yeah <laughs> nice no it's a good spot i'm glad and unfortunately you and i don't live near each other anymore so Aww. we'll have to do some zoom mentoring for the outdoor stuff but yeah <laughs> speaking yeah, we'll of get that back to it <laughs> um so yeah what about uh what about the mountain athlete or mountain adventures? And I'm sure we'll get into plenty of your adventures throughout our little conversation here tonight, which there's way more than one conversation's worth. What was it about the mountain stuff that, that drew you to it or you got connected to? Because if, if I remember right, you're from the East Coast in Oklahoma, correct? 
Yeah, yeah. Grew up um, to the ripe old age of 15 in Oklahoma and then went over and uh, <laughs> hung out, played around, caused a couple fires uh, on the East Coast <laughs> <laughs> over in New Jersey by New York City. Um, so, yeah, my, I don't know, my, my journey, if you will, into, into yeah. the mountains – um, obviously Oklahoma is very flat. And so, um, there are a couple of little mountain ranges and some little canyons that uh, you can get into and, and it's got a big lake culture, but I spent a lot of my times outdoors, but it was all on the soccer field. Um, and that was, you know, really my, really all I did with outside, except for, you know, scrambling around in little creeks and finding mm-hmm. newts and lizards as a, as a kid. But, um, so Oklahoma didn't really pull me into the mountains. Surprise, surprise. Uh, but uh, moving over to uh, Jersey, it um, it kind of started there with side trips with a buddy of mine, junior year and senior year of high school, uh, heading up into the mountains of upstate New York um, and just kind of messing around, mostly just camping, mostly just trying to get away from everything and drink some beers out in the woods, I think was was our main goal. And so, yeah, that kind of sparked it a little bit. Um, my Again, my good friend Kevin, uh, he ended up moving up to Vermont for school mm-hmm. um, and found rock climbing. And this was back in 1997. And when he came back for, you know, whatever break it was, um, summer, winter, whatever, um, he was like, hey, let's climb. And um, that just definitely hit me right off the bat. Um, I, I, I fell in love with it. And anyone who climbs knows, you know, once you, once you start that journey, it becomes a straight up addiction. Uh, it's weird. It's, yeah. it's so weird that like it's some kind of instinctual monkey kind of addiction, but I'd say probably, what would you say? Like 90% of people seem to, if they get out there once or twice, they, they become addicted to it. Yeah. I was going to say, I think you probably, watch that happen in me mm-hmm. yeah um yeah absolutely the first did. time we met and you kind of met me in that transition of like well going from my background in competitive running type stuff to you know like all right i'm kind of over training done wanting to train for this and have ex- living in flagstaff saw the exposure to the outdoor opportunity whether it was mountain biking climbing skiing stuff and kind of needed that transition period into those activities and you were you were one of those uh chaperones per se into those (laughs) activities or motivators so i think you definitely (laughs) saw me go from like how do i tie this knot or you know like goofy kind of stuff to you know like you said going from zero to 100 pretty quick with it um would you say that that was how your experience was pretty got a little taste of it and then just started chugging it yeah. Yeah. I think it was, um, probably a little bit slower progression than, than you had. Um, I, I think your personality type is, is very competitive and, and you latch on pretty hard. Um, but also honestly back in, you know, the late nineties, it, it was a little bit harder to get hardcore, you know, addict, you could be addicted to the climbing, but there wasn't as many, you know, we didn't have gyms. There was no such thing as yeah. bouldering. Really. I mean, there was such thing as bouldering, but there's no, you know, that wasn't really a thing you did. Um, so it was mostly, you know, weekends and breaks when you could get to the cliff. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I would agree that that, it, that happened with me when Kevin introduced me to to climbing. It took off to become like, oh, now I know what I'm going to do every weekend. 
um, <laughs> you know, or maybe even weekdays a lot of yeah. times. So, um, yeah. And watching you, well, we can get into kind of how we <laughs> met if you want later or anything, but <laughs> yeah, no, well, I mean, let's just roll with it. Let's what, uh, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we could go into our, our origin story, huh? Yeah, our origin story. <laughs> it you was a take cool... a little sip of whiskey. Whiskey before dive into that here. Yeah, do it. I'll take a, a sip of my drinking horn mead available <laughs> in thirty six states. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I I think I love telling people when I was living in Flagstaff that like three of my best friends. One was like a owned a meadery. One was owned a brewery, and the other guy was this crazy engineer guy who just brewed whiskey out of his garage and man between the <laughs> between the three of you guys it was it was quite a racket but um, yeah flagstaff likes to drink <laughs> oh man yeah drink and run and play play hard um yeah, yeah. But yeah you and i let's see i don't remember how many years ago it was i'm gonna guess it was 2016 i would say 16 no, i think that's no 2000 yeah 2016 because that's the olympic trials year and it was in the fall of that year mm, it was fall 2016 a crisp nevada evening yeah, <laughs> or yeah morning, i was I up uh we were up at uh race ian torrance puts on i don't know it does not go on anymore right the bootlegger no and in fact that year he took it it, it was like not an official race it was a what do you call it a, a fat ass race or yeah kind of off the, yeah, that's right i remember this now yeah, we went up there and uh, I did a little run. And after the run, there was this lonely guy with two really big <laughs> beers. And uh, he just looked like he needed help drinking those beers. And I, well, I was I was the man for that job. But no, yeah, we uh, and I met at that race, right? Yeah, bootlegger. And you, you said you were just doing a little race. Uh, I seem to remember that you beat the uh, course record that day and would have actually gotten first place if it weren't for some you know slowpoke named mike popejoy <laughs> i uh well that's funny i mean just quick story you're right i like to tell people i set the course record but didn't win um mm -hmm. popejoy that day again mike and i were we were living together at that point and doing some runs but just with our work schedules weren't running the same time but he was he's always been faster than I was, but we kind of went out similar pace and he got a little bit ahead of me. And then that first mile, there's this weird left turn that's just not marked well. And I had kind of ran the course a little bit the day before and he didn't get the chance to. And yeah, we went out and he missed the turn and he was probably 150, <laughs> 200 yards ahead of us. And I remember making the turn like two miles into this race and like yelling, like Mike. And like, there was a couple of people with me at that point. He turned around and I was like waving him and he sprinted back. And, you know, like in 10 minutes, he caught up and kind of came by. Us. <laughs> he only, I think he only beat me by, you know, a handful of minutes. But yeah, I, I, uh, I, I feel glad. I'm glad I did what I did, but it was, it was a fun day regardless, <laughs> especially the post-race activities. Yeah. Yeah. You and I hit yeah. it off there pretty well. You were, uh, that was right when the Dark Sky Brewery was getting rolling, wasn't it? About a year into it, yeah. yeah, yeah. We were, I mean, I was definitely pushing it hard and trying to grow it as as a business. And yeah, that was honestly um, that was one of the reasons I always wanted to do bootlegger. I always thought it was a cool looking race. Um, but uh, Mike Popejoy, I was kind of like courting at that time to oh, be Mike, a sponsored me, huh? athlete. Uh, Thanks, dude. Uh, and I, that <laughs> concludes the second episode of the Mountain Athlete Podcast. 
Uh, well, it was short. <laughs> I knew Mike. I didn't know you. So um, if I knew you first, I would have, right, right. Uh, you know, got you. actually he won the race. So I'm glad I picked yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah. He's still <laughs> oh, actually running too, I think, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I ran that race. Yeah, I didn't just come to, to hang out. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so yeah. So you, um, you know, what a guy, what a guy to, to yell out and, uh, you know, take the, take the the L instead of the W uh, <laughs> just to let Mike get on course. Yeah. Um, what I was, the, what's funny is you were saying this left turn that he, that he missed. It just reminded me immediately yeah. of Walmsley. I was yeah. like, yeah, Walmsley knows all about missing left turns. <laughs> I'll take him in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Tag him. And uh, if he remembers, if anyone remembers from dark sky brewing, uh, I made a beer. Yep after that incident called left turn IPA just yep. for, just for Jim. I was, I was thinking that when actually you started telling that I was like, Oh yeah, the beer that dark sky made the left hand. I like it. <laughs> um, yeah. Left turn. You can't say left hand. All right. Yeah. You're right. For that one. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> no copyright infringement here. Um, yeah. That was, and yeah. we hit it off and I think we just kind of connected. Well, you and I have pretty similar personalities and I, at that time, you know, it was whether we were going to go for runs or jogs and, hang out and ultimately it stemmed into a little bit of i was like oh yeah i climb and i bouldered maybe twice in the gym and had a brand new harness i don't think that I'd ever been outside and you're like yeah i do too and yeah we took it to the pit not too long after that i think right yeah yeah I think yeah it was I... quick you go ahead sorry <laughs> oh, blip, 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 blip. <laughs> gotta love those spots um yeah no it was real quick after that uh and i remember yeah being excited at that point to to kind of have someone new to climb with because mm-hmm. <laughs> really the same thing happened with a good friend of ours we talked about this mentorship um and uh casey casey bauer mm-hmm. i had kind of introduced him into climbing as well took him out to the anvil boulders near sedona and where he grew up actually and i know he's climbed a little bit but as soon as he latched onto climbing he just took off with it yeah and uh got got way stronger than me and so then when you came along, I was like, oh, someone who uh, I can, you know, feel good about myself when I climb with. And then all of a sudden you were above me. So it's just a common story. No, 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 <laughs> dude. That's good. I, you have a lot of very good traits that are good to be around and make people excited to like seek out their potential. Like you're very good at um coaching people teaching people making things feel very safe and not making people feel uh like vulnerable in situations and i think that leads well to maximizing people's potential and probably why you have so many great friendships and have had a lot of really good experiences like that um Hmm. what would you say in your eyes makes somebody a good mentor for outdoor activities um i think I'll kind of like hit it in a couple different directions. Yeah, um, the first want. one, yeah. <laughs> um, the the first part about that is I, I really absolutely think my teaching background. I was a you know high school teacher for nine years, and I think that background definitely helps with kind of some of those traits you just mentioned, um, with being able to make people feel you know comfortable and safe, and and you know just taking that attitude of of a teaching mentality of discovery um and just giving kind of some of the tools and and letting you go with it i think that is is one part of being a good mentor is having hmm, let's see 
ha- not everyone's going to come from a teacher kind of aspect, but having the, 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 not only the patience, but almost like the, the experience that you've already gone through the process, you've achieved a lot of what you want to achieve. And now you're ready to see that in someone else. I think that mm-hmm. if someone is a super, super hardcore mountain athlete, whether that's a skier, a rock climber, um, and they're kind of in their prime and they're still competing hard. I don't necessarily think they would be a great mentor because they're still so focused on their own goals and their own growth that they might not be able to be the best conduit for somebody else. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, that's a great, that wouldn't, wouldn't be one of the things I would have thought off the top of my head, but it is a great aspect and an attribute to, to bring up and probably maybe something for people seeking mentors to, keep in their their eyesight when they're looking at people or you know just going through friends or groups to see if there's somebody in there that will be a good fit for them is if that seems to be a role or uh or seems to be somebody that they have going on with them yeah yeah i think there's definitely people that can be great inspirations yeah and you know you can run run with them on the trail and get pushed by them and like be inspired by them but i think a mentor has a lot more um, a, a lot different, you know, kind of arrows in their quiver of, of what they can bring to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So. Great point. Um, I think one of the cool things that I remember about you, I mean, there's too many again for this episode, but <laughs> one of the, the things that I always think about when I think of you is you were just always down to do whatever. I mean, it could have been sit on a crash pad and, videotape somebody it could have been like beatbox uh hat tricks it or if you were like you know what yeah i'm gonna start here and i'm gonna run 400 miles and we're gonna get to that point i'm not sure how it's gonna happen your willingness to just be down to go and do anything and try anything was one of those things that i i don't think i have i think i think and look at things too critically and like and i praise them where you're like you know what that sounds sweet i'm gonna figure out a way to do it and that that is one of those things that I remember about you and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't speak to a little bit of your uh addiction to suffer fests maybe <laughs> your suffer yeah. fest uh problem <laughs> um, you probably know it has become really a problem for my body right? uh yeah yeah a little 40 40 24 40 40 24 you want to tell our yeah. listeners what what that group of numbers means yeah uh so on it was not long after my 39th birthday that i was on a run one of my favorite little trails arizona trail and it just kind of popped into my head that i was going to be turning 40 the next year and i don't know you know how it is on the on the trail your brain's just going all Mm -hmm. over the place different different places And, and i was like man i gotta do something for my 40th birthday and so just throwing around the number 40, you know, what could that mean? What kind of challenge could that be? And you're right. I, I, I do, I, I did a lot more in my younger years and enjoy the suffer fest and making these little challenges for myself. Um, yeah. So I was at the time running and rock climbing. And so I just kind of threw that number at both of those and came up with uh, the plan to uh, climb 40 pitches, which for people out there who don't know the rock climbing vernacular, uh, a pitch really is is pretty varied. It's any length of rope that that a certain climb is. So like 
this climb could be 20 feet or this climb could be 200 feet or, or more. And so I was going to do 40 pitches, uh, established pitches of climbing and run 40 miles. And it, <laughs> it started off as a 40, 40, 40. I was going to try to achieve that in 40 hours. I was like, Oh, that's, you know, plenty of time. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you, and, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I was waiting to hear, I was like, is he going to tell everybody his initial <laughs> idea was to do some 24 hours? Or am I going to have to jump in and be like, yeah, Nick thought 40 was just going to be way too easy. So he was like, I'm going to do it in a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That number got, got, uh, got chopped pretty good. <laughs> um, and, and I'd like to say, I mean, it did start off as me kind of thinking that was a long time, even logistics, that kind of makes mm-hmm. it weird. Um, but then my, my girlfriend, Carrie, uh, basically called me out, uh, as soon as I told her about that, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this, you know, um, 40, 40, 40 and 40 hours. And she just immediately texted back. She's like, what? 40 hours. You could do that in 24. I was like, oh crap. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I said. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it was, it was pretty, pretty much immediate. Yeah it was going to be 24 no matter what at that point you can't go back on that that kind of text you can't be like no actually i think i think 40 is good no (laughs) so i mean and you know i also knew that that it could be achievable so um yeah you crushed so yeah i got uh yeah i got a uh, it crushed me too finished it i I finished it i did um and yeah it took a little bit of a toll but i definitely had a great crew um, who I kind of gathered some people together uh, for the climbing part, at least. I uh, went out to uh, kind of semi-local, about an hour and a half away, a local crag place for climbs where there's, it's. I mean, it's basically an outdoor rock gym. It's got just hundreds of climbs. And so I thought that'd be a great spot. So uh, how many people? There was something like five or six people there belaying me. So you guys would switch off. Obviously, you were there as well switch off, um, belaying me, climb after climb after climb after climb. Yeah. Um, except Simon. It, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Everyone except Simon. Simon just went there and did his own projects. <laughs> so, yeah. Which is fine. No, that was a good day. Um, You're right. Yeah, you we know. all loaded up. You jumped on the wall and got to work. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, like you said, the, the crew that was there was great. Um, and I think – we'll come back to this, but I think that's part of the reason this 40, 40, 24 thing was successful. Um, was the people you surrounded yourself Absolutely. with, but yeah, yeah. You, you, uh, jumped on the, jumped on the climbs and we kind of swapped belays and you were, you were getting it done, but yeah, go on. Yeah. And, and so doing the 40 climbs, I definitely didn't pick, you know, the hardest climbs out there or even ones that are, you know, near or at my level. I picked the ones I knew, you know, they were going to get, get the job done. And that being said, we were in an area with climbs that, I mean, I was with some hardcore climbers, even you at that time was, were, I think you were pushing 12s even at that point. Um, but the, the camaraderie and the people there, the guys there knowing what I was going for, um, even after climb number 10, I was hearing, you know, the praises and the, and the attaboys and go get them and the ollies and all that stuff. Um, and so you're absolutely right. I mean, that, when I think of the 40, 40, I, I, I do think of all the different parts, but that part where those guys that I, you know, not only I'm friends with, but, you know, look up to as, as climbers and athletes, um, given me that, 
that go get them kind of attitude was, was definitely something I think about uh, a lot when I think about that. It was, um, it was a great time with some great bros. <laughs> what was the best and worst part of that 24 hours? Oh, God. Um, including the running? I, 24 hours, man. <laughs> um so the two best parts were i think i think one of the one of the best parts was the last couple of climbs um because i was so happy with how my body had performed up to that point uh, my skin was definitely on fire um but like i was like holy crap like this is actually going to be doable mm-hmm. um and then the worst part of 24 hours, <laughs> you were with me for most of that. Um, I'll just say that if you have never trained or been active and used salt tablets, don't make something like this your first go at taking salt tablets. <laughs> um, I went off to the side of the trail many, many times. Uh, my stomach was not happy with me whatsoever. And, and you got to experience most of that because you ran with me. For uh, for how many months? Twelve? No, almost no. Twenty-one of it. Yeah, half of it. Yeah, you, you did a good chunk. Yeah, no, that was a fun fun few hours we spent out there. It was it was cool. I, I mean, I guess I don't want to turn this on about me, but I think when I got to do that portion of that uh, activity with you. For me, because I think the time on my feet and the running and being in that suffer fest zone in that uh, running respect is something that I think I can almost not necessarily mentor you on, but I felt very good supporting you on in in that kind of role. Hmm. So I, I felt I was extremely happy to be there, and it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. More after. <laughs> in hindsight than it was probably in the moment. But again, it was one of those where I kind of knew like, you know what, this is about you. This is about, you know, making sure your buddy, your friend gets this done. And, you know, it was, I mean, it was tough. It was cold. It was dark. It was a long night. And yeah, there was a rough spot in there for a few miles for you, but it was, it was really cool to see you pull through it. And then, uh, yeah. And then obviously I dropped you off. That's about all I had. But I remember waking up in the back of my car and you came by like two hours ahead of where you thought you were going to be. And I remember falling asleep <laughs> that night thinking this, I don't know. Um, so that was really cool to see you come by, but yeah, that was, that was pretty awesome to see that happen. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'll be partaking in anything like that anytime soon. I don't know. Do you have any, uh, any more plans for, a something along that magnitude? <laughs> I, I don't right now. It's it's been a tough time to to be putting some kind of plans like that together. I think I think again going back to that, it it really does help, and it's also very intriguing to do some of that when you have people around you, um, and just not having the opportunity to have people around. It's you know sometimes a little bit harder to to come up with something like that plus 40 is a round number i i don't have a round number again to like 50 but i'm afraid like of that. so i got some time <laughs> yo i'm afraid of it too trust me um but no but there's definitely big days that i've done since then that i have yeah. planned yes um, so i i didn't get to do a whole lot of, i didn't get to do any of this with you but when my last couple well last year in flagstaff again i dove more into the climbing side of things and you were there climbing but you 
got passionate about some uh, Grand Canyon exploring and uh, some yeah. some big adventures in the Grand Canyon. Um, do you want to? Again, I I follow your amazing Canyon Brats podcast. If you haven't listened to that, worth going over <laughs> and checking that out. But yeah, you and uh, Carrie and I can't remember if there's somebody else in that that crew that you're chasing some big stuff in the Canyon. That dude, I. I didn't even know existed. I think that's a, that's a lost <laughs> world for most people. You want to tell us a little more about that? That's a great explanation. It is a lost world out there. Um, yeah. It, do I want to talk about my, you know, my, my wilderness love? Absolutely. Um, yeah. The Canyon is, is a, a place that's unlike anything else on this planet. Uh, not that I've explored a lot, but I can, you know, put that down pretty confidently um, and it, it started nice and easy, nice and slow, you know, kind of your normal things you're doing runs in the, on the corridor trails and, and all this. Um, but yeah, something kind of caught fire specifically when I started to learn about the summits of Grand Canyon. And I know that sounds weird to some people that, what do you mean? Summits of Grand Canyon. Um, but when you look at Grand Canyon, you're, you're taken aback by the depth of it. But if you really start looking at it, it, it's a mountain range. It is a humongous mountain range that just so happens to be sunken into the ground about a mile down. And so there are all these summits. Um, I forget how many, you know, named summits, let alone how many there actually are hundreds um, of these little summits, these mountain summits, you have to go down to the bottom and then get back up. So anyway, uh, these summits really caught my attention and just started kind of looking at them, you know, like, Hey, I'm a climber. Um, some of these, probably most of them don't take technical climbing abilities, but there are some that do. And so they, they caught my attention, started just kind of dabbling in them. And then, um, yeah, met, uh, my girlfriend, Carrie, who was also on her way to, you know, checking off some of these summits in the Canyon and, um, yeah, um, it just took off from there and then it started doing, uh, taking other skill sets. It's funny. I kind of think about it that my previous, um, mountain adventures, if you will, or like outdoor recreational pursuits, um, were kind of building, into a focus of the canyon because also a long time ago i started canyoneering back in the early 2000s i think my first canyoneering you know technical canyoneering with ropes and stuff was 2002 something like that and so with my rock climbing and canyoneering now it it, it kind of focuses itself into the canyon because there's tons of opportunities for both of those um, and it's just it's just a ridiculous place um not for the faint of heart not for those who you know, want an easy way out of anything. I mean, you can take a five mile hike in the Canyon and it can turn into an <laughs> epic, <laughs> you know, let alone some of these other, you know, multi-day mm -hmm. summit excursions or canyoneering excursions, or even a backpacking trip, you know, can, right. you know, just turn into an epic down there. So um, I think it's, it's just this kind of microcosm. Well, it's hard to call Grand Canyon micro, but kind of microcosm of, uh, of ruggedness yeah. down there that that just turns every single little thing you do, whether it's a hike, a backpack, a climb, a canyoneer, all this stuff into into yeah, the adventure. Yeah, that place is so. a foreign world. Unless I mean, and you're in it a lot more than just about anybody else. And 
you're probably like, this is, I'll never have enough time to explore or see it all. And I think even no. if people who aren't familiar, Flagstaff is basically an hour away from the Grand Canyon. So it's kind of like our backyard playground per se, if into some hiking, mm-hmm. running trail kind of stuff. And when I was in Flagstaff, I definitely didn't take advantage of that opportunity. Um, obviously ran in it a few times, hiked in a few times and took any visitor there to see it. But what you and Carrie and probably if only a handful of other people are doing is really seeing these spots in this new world that are just incredible. Um, as you ventured into it, let's tie it back into kind of the initial theme. Have you found any or sought any mentors in these kind of uh, new Canyon explorations that you're up to? There's no lack of opportunity for that. And I think at least at this point, um, I haven't really accept in the, in the sense of like following some other people's uh, explorations and adventures. There are, you know, to say that I have a good sense of Grand Canyon and some of these, um, you know, off trail, we'll call them off trail adventures uh, to say I have a good sense of that is, is kind of laughable once you actually know, <laughs> you know, like what there is out there and the kind of people that are out there doing some absolutely insane things like spending, I don't know, you know, like 300 days of 365 wow. down there um, below the rim. Um, but I'd say as far as like finding a mentor down there, um, I mean, right off the bat, the it's more it's more me and Carrie just going out and finding it um, together. So I think maybe if there's stages, um, this is more of a, of a, of a kind of like going out there and and feeling it out um, kind of a stage. Um, I also don't know that the Canyon really um, provides that as much as say mm-hmm. other things, you know, rock climbing, you can go to a crag, you can go to a gym, you can, you know, have that mentorship, um, of learning that, but going into the Canyon, um, can, yeah, I, that's, no. that's a great question. I, I wish I could like have a good succinct answer, but I think the answer just is, I don't have a, a quote unquote mentor for that, except for inspiration mm-hmm. right now. That's neat. Can you give us a quick example of what one of your Canyon uh, adventures has been like? I think some people are like, oh, yeah, I, I hiked to Finham Ranch and spent the night and then I hiked out. That's that I think. Can you give because, again, I've heard some of these stories and listened to the podcast, obviously, and taking full credit for your Zoroaster uh, Summit because of my piece of gear. Uh, but can you just give some people, you know, a little bit of what the physicality and logistic nature is of something that you guys are trying to accomplish on a, let's just say a long weekend. Sure. Um, yeah. So one great example, I mean, you brought up Zoraster and that is a, some people will do it in less than 24 hours. Um, and some people choose to, to do it as a backpack. But you're talking then, you just talked about your gear. And I, I do think that I would put you as an attribution to our success because of your gear. You're, you have the you have these new fancy super light uh, cams that, that we were able to take. Yeah, you're um, welcome for the two pounds so, I saved you. <laughs> I think you saved more than two pounds, seriously. Um, and so you're talking about not only miles of, of trail to go down a mile, in, in elevation 
And then eventually you're going all the way back up to what would be the top layer, but in the middle of the canyon, so another mile up. But you're also talking about, you know, pretty hard fifth class climbing as well um, on the actual Zoraster block. And that entails carrying gear that weighs a a lot. I mean, we all three of us, uh, we tried it twice. I mean, we failed the first time. And so um, we were carrying 60 to 70 pound packs um, for miles and miles, um, water, uh, your, your access to water ends not even halfway through, you know, your, your hike towards Zoraster. Um, and so logistics wise, you, you've got to be on point with being able to carry a pack for a long time, being able to have the skills of not only climbing the route, but also if you get in trouble, you're not you're i mean you're by yourself you are almost damn literally in the middle of the canyon but yet unreachable from any vantage point um not saying you couldn't eventually get rescued but you better be ready to to take care of yourself so um there's always that in the back of your back of your mind in every single move i'm about to take a step over to the right onto this tiny little you know toe toe hold and you look out and you're like holy crap, if I mess this simple thing up and break my ankle mm-hmm. or my leg, <laughs> you know, so that's, that's something mental that's, that's out there all the time. Um, so that's one example of just kind of the things you have to think about. But another one is to me, it always comes down to the Grand Canyon is, is always falling. You know, it's always eroding. And so getting off trail in Grand Canyon can be, not just hard an exertion um, of your body, but also in, in safety and being careful with every single step because it's so loose. It's always falling apart. There can be rock fall. I mean, I dodged rock fall uh, two weekends ago when I was out there doing a solo summit. Like I basically kind of jumped underneath this ledge because of a huge amount of rock fall down this gully and I was on the north side of the summit, you know, where like no one would know that I got hurt. So yeah, dang. Um, yeah. <laughs> sounds like I'm really inspiring people <laughs> to go out there. Um, yeah, that's just um, some examples. I think a great, great example, not to necessarily plug, but to plug Canyon Brats uh, podcast. <laughs> um, if you listen to the episode about heat issues, um, that's just another added layer. Um, not just another added layer. That is like the added layer of Grand Canyon is I don't care how good of an athlete you are, heat exhaustion and heat stroke can can yeah. take you out. I think um, I think one so of the things a, that go for it. Again, unless you've been in it and done it, it's hard to realize it. But the magnitude of the factors you're accounting for and trying to keep your safe from both physically and uh the elements are, you know, naturally is it's very wide. Like you said, it can be super hot and then freezing. So not only are you trying to bring clothes for both of those, you're going to bring stuff to sleep in water, food, the actual climbing gear. Again, you got to have the physicality to literally, you know, hike in, hike up, hike back down, hike out. Um, and these aren't like your run of the muck trails that people have created nice with steps and everything that you think of your guys are off trail on shitty terrain and like you said it's not just like we're going for a walk with a backpack on this is like you're purposely stepping more times than you're not to avoid something now catastrophe might not be the right word but just avoid some potential detriment 
And then, like you said, you have the physicality mm-hmm. of actually climbing. And then again, the physicality of getting out and the prep and the understanding and, and the security or safety of it is another one of those things that's always in the back of your head. So yeah, those feats are not by any means just a, a hike in the woods or whatever. So that's, it's pretty cool to see that uh, surmount from all the, like you said, the background you have in outdoor rec come to that or build up to that. Cause you are definitely using a lot of those skills or terrain and understanding and, and aspects within each and every adventure you take in, in there. So that's cool. Yeah. 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 And I think, yeah, it's like you just said, it's, it is taking different skill sets and going in there. And one other one just, I mean, I think when you said off trail, like that just always is a defining difference in the Canyon to me. If you talk to someone who knows the grand Canyon, there's, you could divide it into two, you could divide it into on trail and off trail. And I'm not saying, you know, on trail has to be some simple thing. It's, it's not in the Canyon even, but when you say off trail in the Canyon, it's a, it's a a whole new, a whole (laughs) new world. (laughs) Um, and I think, yeah, anyone knows the Canyon when you say off trail, that's a big part of it. Um, and, and I think it, it does bode well with, you know, your podcast is the mountain, mountain right? it's all about, yeah. you know, kind of mountain sports. Yeah. Mountain athlete. And, um, I guess I went over this before, but it, it is a mountain, um, atmosphere there. It's a mountain range. It's a, you know, 277 or whatever it is mile long, rugged desert mountain range. Um, so I think it's definitely apropos. I love it. It's, it's got my heart. It'll always have my heart. If I ever had to move away from it, it would, it would hurt quite a bit. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Beautiful beast. Again, I didn't take full advantage of it and hopefully someday we'll get to explore an adventure in it, but it's amazing. Having moved North in the Northern Rockies now in Montana, just the exposure to various mountain terrain and activities and adventures is, and it is endless and it's, it's a cool thing, but also a very humbling thing to kind of like sit back and think about just all the terrain and adventures and things to see out there. And when you look at like the size of the grand Canyon, it's big, right. But when you look at the size of it compared to, you know, just the vast terrain there is to be explored, it's, it's a, it's not a whole lot of it, you know, I don't want to say it's a blip, but it's, there's, there's more other things than there is just that. (laughs) So, Oh, absolutely. People talk about, you know, world travel and like going for their advent. Like, I mean, you could spend a lifetime, you know, a couple lifetimes easily in the, in the Western United States. Yeah. Is, yeah it's, it's a ridiculously vast amount of, yeah. of playground. We've, uh, we've chatted a lot about of our, our high points and fun things that we like to remember and those, those moments of, you know, success. But in the last, you know, 25 ish years of, playing and getting out in the mountains and outdoor stuff have you had any big setbacks or anything that you've struggled with that's potentially kept you from being a mountain athlete um oh man good question um i mean absolutely um i think to go kind of physical on it i've definitely had my share of of issues um keeping me from 
from doing some things. I've always had bad shoulders. In fact, I've had my shoulders come out 14 different times in my life and I eventually had surgery on my left. And so I think at that point, you know, it kind of hindered a little bit of my ability to climb um, for certain parts when I was having troubles with that um, back injuries, um, you know, bulging discs in my back. Um, I'd say, you know, there's, there's people who have gotten into their mid to late thirties who have, who've, you know, been lucky enough to, you know, not have that um, go their way. But I think that brings, you know, we talk about setbacks, but they're really, you know, learning opportunities, if you will, or ways to, to push through. Um, but man, oh man, that's, that's a great, a great question. I think not talking physically, but um, yeah. No, you got I, me, no, man. You got I, me I, in that. my head, I, as <laughs> Just, when I was to... asking the question, I, again, my nature as a physical therapist and, and knowing you, because you and I've had conversations mm. about a lot of the things that you're alluding to, you know, the aches, the pains, the sorenesses, the injuries that are, you know, keeping you from training or keeping you from coming out on those days, climbing or keeping you from the big adventures. And I think that's something that as we pursue these desires and get addicted to them and get, you know, just energized by them, we run into these things. And I see people every day. And and I think one of the things we need to remember is that, you know, they are setbacks, but quote my grandma here and say, every setback is a setup for a comeback. And I think, (laughs) and I think in a lot of those moments, and I think I've seen a few to kind of stem physical into, let's just say, um, the emotional tie to that, because a lot of it is about the friendships and the experience and how it makes you feel and just getting to do those things versus what you're doing is, you know, in those moments when we're not, you know, associating with those roles that we want to believe we associate with, we're, it's a struggle. Um, and any and all little bits of activity we get in those realms are good and they help us, you know, stick in it, but there is a mental side of it. And, you know, I always joke around and say the toughest part about my job is treating the six inches between everybody's ears. Um, and because, you know, like Mm. you said, even if we're not rock climbing, it's just not, not rock climbing. It's not being a rock climber or it's not, not running. It's not being a runner. And, uh, that, that's tough to swallow. And I think I've, you know, don't take this the wrong way. I think I've watched you go through some of those ebbs and flows. Um, and what we just need to remember is usually there's more flow and, and participation and stuff than there is the, the bottom side of it. And, you know, it always feels longer and takes yeah. longer and it's, you're never going to get back to the same spot. But I think one of the things that's been cool to see you and other people do is that, you know, they, they find the opportunity or the different opportunities present to them and they find these other neat things. And almost all the time people get back to where they want to, but there is a struggle both physically just because your body may not be wanting to tolerate said activity, but there's also a big, um, other side of that non-physical of the, you know, the role association as a mountain athlete or a runner or a climber or a skier that, that is, uh, very stressful and can really, you know, sometimes be harder to handle than the actual physical side of it. So, yeah. Yep. I, I th- beautifully said. And, and just to relate that, you know, to myself and I wish, I wish you would have prepped me by saying that because that was perfect. Um, the non-physical part of it, the the mental part of it for me. And I think maybe some of your listeners will, will relate to this and, and can take from this, but I've, once I stopped playing soccer, I never was 
what you just said. I would never defined as a runner. I never defined as a rock climber. I never defined as, you know, these, these different mountain athletic, you know, snowboarder. I always was, you know, it said jack of all trades, master of none. Well, sometimes not being a master of one is hard because I'm not the best climber out there. I'm not ever the best runner out there. I'm not ever the best cannoneer out there. I'm not ever the best of these because I love mixing it all up. And, and sometimes that is, it can be absolutely frustrating and, and a little bit, you know, downheartening. So, you know, there, there are certain people who, who are runners and that's what they do. And when they get injured, they focus on that running and they focus on getting better to run. Um, or they are climbers and they're just focusing boom, 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 hitting that. Everything is completely consumed by that. Um, whereas for, for me, yeah, some of the non-physical struggles that I have is, I guess, kind of a definition of myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't know. It's once you get older, maybe it becomes less of a. No, <laughs> cheers to that, man. Yeah. You've, you've pulled through a lot, a lot of good things and it's been cool to see. Um, yeah, well, I think we've touched on a lot of great topics. Anything you want to ask me or anything you're curious about, you know, the other side of the mic? I know you host two podcasts, not yeah. just one. So, I mean, I should be, again, I reached out to Nick to, you know, spoiler alert, talk to him about starting a little bit of a podcast. And I think you got excited and I was like, yeah, I could use another, you could be a mentor in this too, even, which has been kind of fun. I'm like, you know, we had a good little conversation <laughs> while I was hangboarding in the garage and you got to watch me pull on some plastic and chatted about setting this up. So I'm glad this finally came to fruition, but yeah, I think I'm going to flip it to you. What, yeah. You have anything you want to talk about or chat about? Um, just staying with that. I, I think you said it sounded like I got excited and I definitely was excited when you said you were doing this because whether it's, you know, out, side between burns on you know a climbing pitch or sitting around at mother road drinking a beer um you've always been really good at taking the conversation that's going on and kind of you know boiling it down or, or giving great insight so when you said you were starting this podcast uh which honestly everyone says they want to start a podcast but when you said it i was like yes like like this guy has a lot to, to offer and will be really good at bringing the conversation to different points and getting a lot out of it. So um, you're right. Yeah. Um, if I can be any kind of mentor in this kind of realm, um, I would absolutely, you know, love it um, for sure. But as far as asking you yeah. any questions, um, I just want to know. When <laughs> See, I might make this a new again. segment. You got everybody, you flip it at the end and bring it back. Um, Man, well, sooner than later, hopefully. I would wish it would have been before this. I'm glad we got to see each other before the world started turning towards the end of it and that quick little spot back in Flagstaff last winter. But yeah, it'll <laughs> be fun to get you up here into the into Montana and 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 get out get outside and climb and backcountry ski or snowboard and even just go for some good bag yeah. a couple peaks and I'll, in all reality that will be fun but what i'm probably looking forward to the most is sitting around the fire in my backyard and probably having a few too many drinks and laughing about some stupid stuff we did or thought about doing <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i mean you live in a in a mecca of kind of what i think of as a mecca of winter sports and yeah last winter we had 
definitely had yeah. you know dates planned out to to come up there um so yeah well we'll get back to yeah i need to, to get to the to desert every once in a while too and we should definitely yeah. make sure that happens definitely make sure that happens do you have any big yeah. uh any big things on the on the docket in the coming weeks or month um i think i think right now it's a lot of <laughs> a lot of little big things <laughs> um like uh gonna go attempt a, a summit uh that me and uh, carrie been looking at this weekend uh, i'm gonna go give that a go um it, it is mm-hmm. canyon weather in a sense right now um and so try to try to bust out a couple of of summits and some some canyoning routes but nothing nothing super big um yeah just kind of trying to you know life life keeps coming at you <laughs> and so with drinking horn metery um as you think it might be a slow time but because it's um harder to run a business right now or to help run a business right now that means mm-hmm. it's actually you know more involved <laughs> in trying to trying to push the business stuff so anyway um yeah just really focusing on on the business right now and getting out and playing in the canyon but Nothing big. I don't know. You got any ideas? <laughs> oh man, you me, me with a good time. Oh, what did I just um, ask? Is, yeah. <laughs> any big? Let's just. I don't. You know, maybe not this year or next year. But how about life mountain goal? Like anything that you're like, man, I'd love to tick this off or get that under my belt, or that would be epic to you know experience or do that on in your you probably have a bunch of them brewing, but is there any that you're really kind of like putting some weight into? You don't have to share. Yeah, uh, I think there's to, a couple you know. multi. Oh, no, no, that's fine. Yeah. Some not, you know, talking specifically just to, cause I'm not ready to throw it out to the universe quite yet, but um, yeah, we're looking at, there's definitely an eventual four or five day uh, canyoneering trip in the Canyon to a spot that, I mean, you talk about a handful mm-hmm. of people. Yeah, a handful of people have seen um, just one of those random ass notches <laughs> in the planet that you know you feel like Fraggles from Fraggle Rock are gonna pop out and say hello because it's just yeah. such a weird spot on Earth. Um, so canyon wise, there's there's a couple of big day uh, adventures that are in the in the next couple of years. Hope or, hopefully sooner and later. And then I've always been intrigued winter wise in going and um, just doing some, I've never gone out and done like a multi-day skiing or, or split board in my case, um, you know, adventure, like mm-hmm. backpacking winter, multi, um, winter sport things. So that's kind of been, you know, listening to some of the past things that Jason Schlarb has done out there in the San Juans mm-hmm. on like the hard rock course, like obviously not doing the entire hard rock course, uh, I'm not that crazy. Um, Maybe I'm that crazy, but I'm not that yeah <laughs> skilled yet at it. But doing sections of that, I think that would always yeah, that's always intrigued me as a as a big goal going out and doing like you know I don't know like four days of being nothing but on your skis. You got to um, come up here for that. Well, go into Yellowstone. Yeah, it's a multi day yeah know, backpack okay. winter camping ski yeah. type stuff. That's that's what that that's the kind of opportunity there is up here for that stuff that's premiere here yeah um yeah plan it out and i'll, I'll I, carry I, the whiskey hope you're carrying a lot more than that <laughs> but I, I guess if that's all you're carrying it's better than nothing 
um i have a kind of one last big question at least one specific one i want to get on recording who knows how much longer we'll talk or chat and what makes it on but if you could go back and tell young soccer nick a couple words of advice in regards to what his life is going to look like the next 20 or 50 years with mountain activities what would it be Oh my gosh. Um, man, that kid was so focused on soccer. Uh, (laughs) I would say, um, God, I think, I think it went a pretty good direction. You might need to edit a little bit of this thinking space out, but, um, I think I would tell him stay as an Oklahoma kid, stay more focused on your nutrition um treat your body right at work <laughs> um i was landscaping for a long time and that's yeah. where back problems went so uh, honestly i know that might sound weird but if i would have avoided my back issues i i definitely could have done a lot more out in the mountains uh, back in my younger days um but i think maybe cherish the mentorship that i had with mm-hmm. with kevin my my friend kevin um a little bit more um, than I did because he had, I, you know, I haven't talked to him in a long time and he had so much more, uh, to give as far as like, not just outlook in the mountains, but outlook in life. Um, so I think I would just tell him, like, tell younger Nick, you know, really absorb that a lot more than he did. Um, but yeah, man, that's a, oh, that's such a great question. You're gonna <laughs> uh, be good speaking of it. Kevin, uh, I, I totally agree with you and he and I have, you know, exchanged some texts back and forth over the last year year and a half and i'll tell you what similar to you i have truly our friend kevin uh nick's friend originally i met kevin through nick on some climbing stuff and hanging out and he is a honeypot of knowledge uh like you said across a variety of spectrums and he and i have had some great experiences out skiing and out climbing and and i just like you said tried to soak soak that up is something that i'm trying to and staying in touch with them and making sure i stay in touch with you guys is something one of my big goals uh both just chatting like this but also in some outdoor space too um but yeah kevin is one of those guys that i definitely have on the list of people to get on here and it'll be it'll be a fun little interview or chat because i you know you know him and you know, Casey Bauer too is a great guy, but the trio of you guys has been pretty unique for me, um, helping me figure out that transition and helping me find myself with the outdoor mountain type, you know, sports, the skiing, the mountain biking, the climbing, the just getting out and, and making it something different than a competition or a, an exercise and more about the people in the community and the relationships mm. and experiences you have than the accomplishments that you uh put on your belt per se so yeah that's it's really cool yeah absolutely i think if somehow you can focus more on that um i I think it's going to distill itself down to that's what you're going to focus on in the long run anyway when we talk about you know just as an example the 40 40 um you know it was sure i hit those numbers 
But when we talk about it, we talk about, yeah, the guys and hanging out at the crag and you mooning the camera when I tried to get a group photo <laughs> or, you know, uh, me and you, well, not me and you, but me having to go off and you waiting for me in the woods, like kind of thing. Like, like, yeah, it's absolutely more about the people and the camaraderie um, and such. That's, that's what it's going to boil down to. Yeah, when you're absolutely. The, the I think to me, that's one of the big things that draws me to mountain communities people chasing stuff in the mountains is that yeah there's that overarching objective but a lot of it is truly about the journey to that objective and unless you're out there doing it it's hard to understand that and i think that's what again and again i i expect and probably i anticipate i should say not expect i anticipate to kind of have a lot of these conversations on that I'm having with people and friends and, you know, that are doing these things to boil down to is it's a lot of, that's what it's about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here, here. Yeah. And, and what a, what a great, what a great purveyor of that. The mountains are, you know, like tired, tired bodies tell great stories, you know, when you're (laughs) sitting around clinking your beers, you know, when, when everyone sitting at that table is exhausted from an adventure. It sounds like a great article title. Have you started that? Mm. I haven't. I just, just thought about that. You know, (laughs) when I drink mead from drinking more meadery, I come up with great things. How about another podcast? (laughs) Tired bodies tell great stories. Entitled. Yeah. Outdoor pursuits. Yeah. Co-host down. Um, I'll be your I'll be your competition because you, what you need is another <laughs> okay, podcast good, yeah. to have to manage and do right, right. Yeah, it's kind of funny when you said two podcasts. <laughs> I've done five of them total in my life, and so yeah, what I need is another podcast. That's for awesome, sure. man. Yeah, um, <laughs> dang, yeah, it just keeps getting better and better, and I think that's kind of the theme when you and I hang out, or the more and more you and I hang out and drink together is that where the conversation leads. Um, but yeah, any let's uh we'll we'll do a, a Nick Irvine. I forgot what I called and introduced you with, but I'll figure that out again. We'll do a Nick Irvine episode two at some point down the road. Maybe when we get together, we'll do a in a live episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, those are awesome. Um, any parting yeah. words for our listeners? Words, wisdom, smart remarks. Yeah, I think, I mean, uh, words of wisdom coming from me are kind of, <laughs> you know, take them at an arm's length. Um, but I think what I can maybe offer uh, for those people who aren't, you know, who, like I said, are jack of all trades, master of none, um, is are, are, again, to come full circle and talk about that mentorship. Um, if you're out there in the mountains um, and there's something that intrigues you and you want to get into it, um take those extra steps and find that mentor, um, find that person. Um, whether if it's climbing, go to the climbing gym. If it's, you know, I don't even know how you'd find like a skiing or snowboarding mentor, but, um, finding those relationships are, are going to give you so much, um, so much more than sitting there trying to learn techniques and looking up videos and all that stuff. Just, just get out there with people. Um, it's hard right now. We'll get back there. We'll get back out to adventuring with people. Um, that's not words of wisdom. That's just blabbering on. But uh, yeah, it's about the people, right? I mean, it's about the mountains, but it's, it's about, about the people. people you're in the mountains with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. 
Well, thanks for hanging out, Nick. Uh, I can't wait till we get together again. It's been too long. Um, You know, you've always got a room or a couch or you can sleep in my garage. You have to at some point, but some big days, some small days and lots of cold, (laughs) tasty beverages, hopefully in our future. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Tasty beverages, big mountains. Well, thanks for spending some time and uh, let's do it. Let's call that a wrap. Cheers to you too. All right. Remember Cheers. to wear your helmets, check your knots, and make sure you're beeping when you head outside. Thanks again for listening. This is the Mountain Athlete. Anytime I drink, it's just called whiskey. <laughs>